Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Gracenomics Podcast. My name is Dave Heiliger. I'm the director here at Gracism Global, where we work to build bridges across the deepest divides of color, class, and culture. Here on the Gracenomics Podcast, you'll get dropped right into a conversation that I get to have with our top leaders here at Gracism Global. Dr. David Anderson and Mr. Kevin Turpin II share some stories about how the power of generosity can bridge these deep divides and change our world. I'm constantly inspired and challenged by these men, and I hope you are too. Well, let's do it. It's time to hop right into this next episode of the Gracenomics Podcast. Well, welcome to the Gracenomics Podcast. My name is Dave Heiliger. I am the director of Gracism Global. And on the Gracenomics Podcast, you know this, we share stories of generous living and generous giving as a way to change your world. And I am joined by these two awesome men, Dr. David Anderson, Mr. Kevin Turpin II. Thank you. Thank you for joining me one more time to share some really cool stories about generosity. How are you guys doing? Doing great. It's a wonderful to talk about generosity and Gracenomics and good to hang out with my brother Kevin and you, uh, Pastor David, as well. Same. Looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, you guys always have good stories about just moments in your lives where you choose to be generous, you choose to extend some favor to somebody, not because of anything they did, not because they deserve it, not because they can repay it, but because you think, really, you believe that there's some extraordinary power to generosity. So I've just really enjoyed listening to your stories. Like you guys just keep coming up with stories. I don't know how you do it. I'm not sure if we're coming up with them, but they just kind of happen when we uh, follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, I suppose. And I was thinking about the other day, I was walking in church and I looked into the control room where people are, you know, working on all the technology to make sure the services are are good to go, right? I said, hey, thanks a lot for serving, team. Anybody need anything? And there's a guy there named Larry who said, uh, yeah, 100 bucks. Of course, he was joking. But I reached in my pocket and I pulled out a $100 bill and I gave it to him, you know. And he's like, no, no, no. I, 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 no, I was just kidding. I said, it's yours now. And I walked away and he followed me into the auditorium. He goes, no, doc, doc, seriously. I said, look, it's yours. You have not because you asked not. You asked, you got it. So you can't take it back now. He goes, well, maybe, maybe I can give it to somebody else. I said, you do whatever you want. I did what I was supposed to do. And that was the end of it. Then we went on through the service. And after preaching and after it's time for me to exit the service, a guy comes up to me and stops me. He's a guy that serves on the video team. He says, Pastor Anderson, really quickly, I just got to say thank you so much. I said, for what? I think his name's Keith. He said, thank you for the $100. I was like, hmm, you're so welcome. That was that was from the Lord from someone <laughs> to you. So <laughs> I would have never known he needed the $100, but somebody else was being generous who received it. And sometimes we don't receive gifts because we think we have too much. So maybe Larry didn't need it, but he knew that somebody else could use it. And so he passed it on. So the generosity went from me through him to the other guy who really needed it and was very thankful. I think that's pretty cool. That is cool. Like one thing I love about that story is the generosity multiplied, even though the money didn't necessarily multiply, but people taking part in that generous moment multiplied because one, you passed it on. And then Larry, he had the mindset to take part in this thread of generosity. So there is a multiplying power to generosity, isn't there? And then someone felt seen. 
someone felt cared for, someone felt like a need was met, someone felt like a prayer was answered. And so I would have, I didn't know that person, but because I was doing what I was supposed to do, and then that person did what they were supposed to do, there's somebody who somewhat randomly, but not really randomly in God's eyes, had a need met and he really did need it. So that part of obedience, which is, I think Kevin talks a lot about, we're just obedient and the spirit kind of takes it where it needs to go. Right, Kevin? Absolutely. It's two people who were used there, actually three. So it was you. It was the person, I believe his name is Larry, who passed on the gift. So he was used by God through your obedience. Then he then became obedient. And then there was someone who felt seen by God. So that just multiplied an effect of everyone being used by God and being affirmed by God all in one act of obedience. And I love that, how obedient generosity acts just multiply. And sometimes you don't even know how far they'll go. That's the Mm -hmm. beauty of it. We're not going to truly know how far a generous obedient act went until we get to heaven, I think, where mm-hmm. when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll see fully what was done. But just by being obedient in the moment, you start a chain reaction or a, a set of dominoes and who knows how far they go. Isn't it yeah, cool? Also along that thread is <laughs> that you mentioned the word thread, David, who knows how long that thread is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Keith could have passed it on after, you know, after he received it and we, we don't know. And they're actually scientific studies that confirm that generosity is contagious. If you're around generous people, you'll be more generous. That if you see acts of generosity, then you'll be more likely to be generous yourself. And so it's cool when science confirms something that we experience one in our relationship with the Lord, but also confirmed in scripture that, that there's this idea that favor produces favor produces favor and it, mm-hmm. and it has a multiplying effect. So how else have you guys yeah. seen the power of generosity in multiplication? Well, let me jump on what you just said, though, because I thought what you said was really powerful. And that is favor produces favor produces favor. I mean, that's what gracism is. And the more gracist we are to other people, then if that favor or gracism or kindness that's undeserved is lived out, then maybe that's what needs to happen in order for us to change the world in a good way. Because guess what? I'm sure that racism's contagious too, <laughs> you know? And so if racism is contagious and if favor is contagious, the more people become generous, the more people become thoughtful and the extending of favor, regardless of one's color, class, or culture, maybe even because of it, as a result of that, I think that it can really make a big difference in the world. I would also add, and Kevin, I love jumping in on this one. When you put money in your pocket and you know that God wants to use you to bless someone, but you don't know who to bless, it's like having it in your pocket provides you an instant opportunity on the spot. And Kevin, we've seen that happen, haven't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes me think about when you called us to 30-hour revival, and I'm on my way to the revival to speak, and I just kept getting this nudge from the Holy Spirit saying, just go to the, go to the ATM and take $500 out. 
500, by the way, I thought it was random, but now I'm thinking it's not random because five is the number of grace. So take $500 out, take $500 out. So the first time I hear it, I didn't ignore it and I settled in my heart to do it, but I had to hear it again. And then that was the confirmation. I said, okay, I'm I'm going to the ATM before I drive out to the church. So I go to the ATM, I take the $500 out, not knowing what it was for or who it was for. I was just trusting God that he told me to take $500 out to put it in my wallet and just to wait. So I get to the revival. I tell pastor, hey, I have $500. I don't know who it's for, but maybe we should stay attentive. So he and I agreed in our spirits to stay attentive. I spoke. I sat down, I worshiped, I praised. And then all of a sudden we get to this moment where there's a period for testimonies. And there's this woman with a beautiful spirit that stands up and she tells a a really powerful testimony about how her and and Dr. Anderson met each other and how it was a inflection point in her life, a life-changing point in her life. And then as she's speaking, my spirit, this says, this is her. Mm. And then I look at Dr. Anderson, we caught eyes and he (laughs) says, this is her. (laughs) And then someone else stands up and I said, oh, wait, there's two of them. And I just split the gift and I just in obedience, go over and just give her the gift. So here's the key point in this, the multiplication effect my act of obedience then sets off a whole chain within the service where someone else stands up and says, I got the same urging and I have money in my pocket. There's someone who needs it. The so now you have multiple, to the ATM to the ATM to take money out. And I didn't know who it was for. And now this person is giving to another person within the service. So just to be clear here, the ATM was not in the church building. You know, some churches have an ATM. You live (laughs) 40 minutes to an hour away and you went to an hour away. I went to the ATM an hour away. And this other person, you're African-American male. This is a white female who felt led 30 minutes away to get go to the ATM and take out a couple hundred bucks. Exactly. Whatever. And you guys had not talked about this today. We hadn't talked to each other. Okay. At all. So, and didn't talk to each other while we were in the service. We didn't see each other until after that moment. So she didn't know that I got that urging. I didn't know that she got that urging. I stand up this in obedience and give up the gift. And then all of a sudden she, that's confirmation for her. And she stands up and says, I got the same urging. This is nice. has to be from the Holy Spirit. Someone else gets blessed. So you have this multiplication effect happening yeah. in the service. But again, the key element was obedience. So first yeah. there was the obedience of myself and our sister and the Lord. We both were obedient in hearing the Holy Spirit and going to the ATM, right? That's a step, right? I'm going to go to the ATM and take the money out. The second right. was the obedience to then listen for the Holy Spirit and watch for the Holy Spirit to confirm it. Because sometimes when you do that, you put the money in your pocket and it's like a hole burning through your pocket. You're just looking for the first person you could give to you. I got to give this money away. And that's fine, but it takes some maturing to understand how to wait 
to really be obedient to the Holy Spirit's voice. Yeah. Say, and I'm also really going to wait for you to confirm it. Well, and also to see that it's not the whole picture. It's one step at a time. Yeah. Like if you said, you know, Lord, I'll get the money out when you show me the needs to go to and I'm willing and then I'll go back and get the money. Like it's like one step at a time and you're allowing the Lord to like GPS, yeah. you know, and even the testimony time, it wasn't in a, it wasn't on the program. It was just yeah. something that happened. We had some extra time and so I'm up on the stage and I call for testimonies. And then the way that whole thing worked out is a reminder that God's doing multiple things at the same time. But if you have enough people who are just following the nudge of the spirit, it will then all come into like a puzzle that finally gets put together. That's such a good image. It really is like a puzzle. The Holy Spirit is putting this puzzle together. He knows all of the parts and we are just no pieces or we bring pieces to the table, right? So we, as the humans listening to him, bring pieces to the table and he's putting it all together. And that's how this story continues that the woman that I gave to, she then writes a letter a couple of weeks later to me telling me what was going on on the other side. So another act of obedience, she had been watching the revival online and then had the sense in her spirit that she needed to come in person. Now, this was a sense in her spirit that she really had to fight through some things to get there because she is a Lyft driver and that's how she was making money. And she had to give up a day driving Lyft to come to the revival and the sacrifice she made is she was almost out of money. Believe now, she are said. you saying that she wrote you a letter to thank you for the gift, but to tell you the story Correct. of why she came to the revival that day? Correct. Uh-huh. Correct. And she was a Lyft driver. She was the Lyft driver. And that's how she made money. She only had $17 left to her name. Mm-hmm. She didn't have enough money to get through her week, but she came to the revival in obedience because she felt her soul needed refreshing. Wow. So she gets to the revival and then God has already gone ahead of her, provided money for her week. And then not only did he provide the gift that she received there, but then as she's walking out, someone comes up to her and says that knows her and says that the Holy spirit told her to take out $50 and give it to her. And she was holding it back. But then when she saw the gift that she received, she knew that that was the Holy Spirit. And she wanted to give her $50. So she so walked she got out, another 50. She got another 50. Wow. So she walked out of that place with 300. Again, multiplying effect. Mm-hmm. So this is how one obedient act turns into another obedient act, turns into another obedient act. Now you have a sister in the Lord who, who was almost out of money for the week that gets refreshed for her whole week. And not only did she get her physical resources refresh, but probably more importantly, the Lord wanted to refresh her soul. You have all this happening. And this is what generosity does when you match living by the spirit and being obedient to the spirit and then being generous through that, the Holy Spirit's taking care of multiple needs. Yeah. So I have a technical question and that is this, when you had to split the 500, yeah. how did you do it cash wise? Did you have five $100 bills? Did you have some twenties that came from the ATM with a couple of yeah. tens? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just curious. So I had 
five $100 bills and I handed it to one person and I trusted them. <laughs> but now they they were standing next to each other. So I would assume that they, uh-huh. they would have known how to how to get that. Figured out. Okay, good. I just want to know technically how that all worked out. <laughs> wow. So I have a question too. So for you, when you give and then you see that it had a multiplying effect, how did that change in your spirit? What did that do to you as the giver to see that your gift inspired more and more giving? Confirmation, right? That when you try to live by the spirit, he will give you confirmation that you're going in the right way, right? And the Bible talks about that, that when you walk in obedience, that the Holy Spirit will be behind you. And whether you go left or right, he will say, you're going in the right way. Hmm. And that's how it feels, right? That you do it, you feel weird doing it the whole time. And that's the beauty of living by the spirit. You're always going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel weird. You're going to feel like, what am I doing? It's connected, but our fleshly minds are saying, this is crazy. This is going to be embarrassing to somebody. What are you doing? But when you try to live by the spirit, the spirit wins, right? And the spirit's saying, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And then when you trust him and you act in obedience, then you get that confirmation that says, wow, yeah, I couldn't have thought this up. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, I think a lot of us think that at some point following the spirit should feel comfortable. But Kevin Turpin II said it himself, following the spirit always feels uncomfortable. Like, like it's just that discomfort of, am I even doing the right thing here? So every now and then, this doesn't happen often, but every now and then there are things that happen that confirm, yeah, you did the right thing. You are following me. You heard right. You did right. Way to go. Keep it going. And one signal of that is to see the multiplying effect of a generous gift. Yeah. And Pastor Dave, that's just God's grace, right? Because he could just leave us in the mystery, right? And say, just trust me and have faith in me. But he gives us confirmation to feed our need to understand that keep doing this. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, keep going. That's not that's not a sign to stop. Yeah. yeah. Also join in to say that it feels like discipleship. You know, as a pastor, you'll know that when you see somebody that you have touched, get it and start doing what you've taught them to do. Or as an example, they caught your example, just like with your children, when they get a bit older and they start doing what you are doing and you can tell that they caught it. There's something about that that feels really, really good, right? It feels like growth. It feels like maturity. Well, that's what this generosity feels like when you see multiple people becoming more generous because you are being generous and they become more obedient because you're becoming more obedient. Or, you know, some of the people in our generosity group who are now saying, you know, I was reading the scripture and I believe that God wants us to give to somebody based on this scripture, knowing that they weren't at that place before. But because they've seen Kevin Turpin's example of reading the scripture and saying, you know what, I believe that God wants me to give to a single mother because I was reading the scripture of Hagar, who was a single mother. Pastor, would you pray about who that could be? Well, it's not just Kevin anymore, right? It's other people doing that. So you feel like, wow, 
I've seen discipleship multiply, not just generosity, but generosity as a pathway for discipleship because somebody else is in the word, somebody else is reading the word, someone else is thinking about giving to somebody as is reflected in their Bible study. I mean, that's pretty cool. Now someone else is hearing, do I go to an ATM now or do I give to this person now? So I think as a minister, not only does it feel good to have the confirmation of the spirit, but it's also good to see the growth of the other people around because of the example they're catching. Mm -hmm. And this kind of leads me into something I've been curious about for you guys. Sometimes it's taught in churches that giving should be done in secret and nobody should know what you're given, when you're given, who you're given to, how much you're given, because, well, for a number of reasons, I think, but with this kind of storyline of the fact that when we see people being generous, it can produce more generosity. How do you guys reconcile those two things of wanting to keep your generosity between you and God, but also recognizing the explosive multiplying power of generosity? I do think that in this particular relationship, I'm the quarterback. And so I think that the people who are giving through or with me are trusting that I'm going to keep most of this anonymous. But if I make it non-anonymous, it's because the spirit has allowed it to do so. None of these givers are like, yay, it's me, it's me. They're much more like, okay, pastor, you figure that part of it out. And so there are times, probably 10% of the time, if 90% is anonymous, probably 10% of the time I've said, in this case, I think it would glorify God. It would edify the person and it would be a blessing to you for this to come out of secret into Mm -hmm. the public space. But they've allowed me to govern that. Would you agree with that, Kevin? Absolutely. I think it being anonymous really gives God the glory. I also think not tracking it, right? The scripture I think you're referring to is don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I try to live by that. I don't keep track of generous acts. I don't keep track of how much I give. I'm sure when my wife listens to this, she'll she'll say, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I don't because it's a trust that generosity in living a generous life that can be public because that influences other people. That's contagious. It's living it out of love for others. The actual giving that and saying, look how much I've done. That's where it becomes glorifying yourself. So that's the nuance. I At least I think about it, that God cares about your heart and he cares about you having a generous heart. And if you live like that, then you can influence other people to be generous as well, especially if you're not trumping up, oh, look, I gave... X amount of money this given year. Yeah. Well, this, On the other that's, hand, I do keep track and I keep track of what they give. I know they give so much more, but I just enjoy every minute of it to let them know not how much they've given, but how how much we as a group have blessed other people. They don't even want to know that, but I do it just to encourage their hearts in aggregate. What have we done? And 87 gifts this year. Anonymous is pretty awesome. That's really wild. And I think one thing that I that I think is without a doubt, inspiring to everybody who listens to these stories is that generosity 
it doesn't have an ending point. It's not like it's limited. It's not like once you use up your generosity, then it's all out and then we're done. But what happens is generosity produces more generosity, produces more generosity. It all starts with one person making a decision. And you guys have been a great example for that. So we're going to wrap it up and we got tons of more stories to share with all you listeners. And so make sure you tune in next time. And if you're interested in hearing more about how to start a generosity group, reach out to us, gracismglobal.com. We'll get you connected with more resources to help you out. So thanks, Doc. Thanks, Kevin. Can't wait to next time to hear more stories of generosity. Amen. Amen. So long. Wow. Well, if you like that and you want to see more of what Gracism Global is doing to build bridges across the deepest divides of color, class, and culture, you can follow us on Instagram at Gracism Global. That's Gracism with a G at Gracism Global. And soon to be up and running is GracismGlobal.com. Make sure you share this podcast with somebody that you care about, and we'll be back next time to dive into more stories of generous giving and generous living here on the Gracenomics Podcast. 